you have your Bibles this evening, the scripture reading will be coming from Luke 2, 8 through 20. And in the same religion, as in the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to the God in, in the highest, and on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see the things that have happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby laying in a manger. And they were, And when they saw him, they made known that saying that had been told to them concerning the child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pounding into her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard, and has been told to them. Good evening. It always warms my heart to see Jerry in our audience and Jeremy. Notice the J's. Whenever the J's converge on Andrews, it's wonderful. Thank you, AJ, for the reading. And I uh, hope things are well with you all tonight. This is not a bad-looking group, considering the fact that we have some who are traveling and so forth. Uh, about 1 a.m., I was... Uh, Awakened the other morning, Friday, I believe, 1 a.m., and uh, I heard fire trucks and so forth going by, and I thought of you, Henry, because they were headed up your way, and I said a prayer, but you look fine, so I, I don't know what happened at 1 a.m., but I, I'll have to get the paper. So, uh, tonight, for a little while, just a little while here, let us return to the Word of God. Lord, speak to me, that I may speak in echoes of your tone. As you have sought, so let me seek your children, lost and lorn. Um, perhaps tonight, amidst all of the titillation, and by the way, I'm going to define that word in just a little bit. Titillation, titillate, titillation. Uh, we'll look at that. Well, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. Romans chapter 10, verse 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which you stand, and by which also you are saved, if you hold fast the word that I preached unto you, except you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which also I received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again, according to the Scriptures. We come here tonight because of the gospel. And after John the Baptist came on the scene, the wondrous things that happened and took place are, are my context tonight. I, I call it when angels leave. Um, depending on your translation, we're in Luke 2 tonight. 
the variation to take place here would be along the lines of and uh, when the angels had left or when the angels went away. Your translation may be along those lines. Today about, we came home after the morning worship and we had a video conference call from my son, not unusual, and there was my son Jason and his fiancée, Rosaline, and uh, of course my son lives in Des Moines, Iowa, and she in Cusco, Peru, South America, are you with me? And uh, there was Jason and there was Rosaline, and I noticed they were not in separate captions, they were together. My son ran down to uh, Lima, Peru to be with her. Isn't love like that? Love does strange things, but he just flew down there over the weekend. So uh, that's the way it is with love, and I, I know that's the way it is with you. We'll move heaven and earth for the things that we love in this world, and that's a little bit about our lesson tonight. Tonight's uh, message will remind us that Christians get COVID too. The Christians experience sadness too. The Christians, the Christian life is often lived in the tension between peace and pain, between joy and dismay and trials. We're reminded tonight when angels leave. And so uh, thank you for the reading, A.J., in Luke chapter 2. And uh, I bring your attention, uh, if you would, to verse 10, chapter 2 and verse 10. Chapter 2 and verse 10, I bring you good news of a great joy. What kind of a joy? The text says a great joy that will be for all. In Luke's gospel, he says, my house shall be a prayer for all. Luke's very centered on the universality of the gospel of Jesus. It's not just for the Jews only, but it shall be for all peoples. And that's one of the, the themes in the gospel of Luke. And then especially verse 15, when the angels went away, when the angels had left them. Marla and I celebrated our anniversary here most recently, and um, our anniversary is December 20th, and on our honeymoon, we were married on the 20th, we ran down to St. Louis, and uh, I'm having trouble getting ahead. There it is. Wow. Okay. Very seasonal and festive. Are you with me? And uh, we celebrated and we stayed at the Henry VIII. Uh, it was quite a, quite a nice little hotel. And uh, I'm not going to tell you the whole story about my, there were two feet of snow on the, the ground, but the story goes, I went out the window. So sometime corner us and we'll tell you, this is not the right venue to tell you about going out the window on our honeymoon. But uh, isn't it wonderful? And the, then the next day or a couple days down the road, we met with Marla's family at the Ramada Inn, and Marla had to tell the story about me going out the window. But uh, that's worth telling. But we all have memories of Christmas and Christmas morning and Christmas Eve, and it's wonderful. And uh, we all get into that. But there is a tension between the pain and the wonder and the sadness, and the mirth. And it's that tension that I should like to address here tonight. My cousins and I uh, would often get together after Christmas and say, what, what did you get? What did you get? And we were all wondering what toys we all received. But every now and then, somebody would get clothing. 
what you need. There is then what we need on the one hand and what we want on the other hand. Wants and needs. God gives both. You say God only gives what we need. No, he gives you the desires of your heart. Tonight you may be wishing for something. Well, pray to the Lord God Almighty. He gives you what you want and what you need. Not all the time. But he's open to your request. The Bible's replete with that all over the scriptures. And so I just wanted to say a word about that. He gives both toys and clothing, sweet things and vegetables. And that's wonderful. I hope it's a great family time for you here tonight. Uh, Regarding the definition of titillation, uh, I like the word. And to define it here, to excite agreeably, number two, to excite a tingling sensation or tickle. See, tickle, uh, that's, that's all sensational. You say it's a bad word. It's not a bad word. It's a wonderful word, but it's very sensory-based. And see, the sights and the sounds and the tastes and the touch of Christmas and holiday festivities, all wonderful. It's not a bad word. It's a great word. But if all your gospel preaching and all the sermons in the world only give you all you can take in and have capacity for is titillation, my word, you have a problem. I have a problem. If that's the superficiality of who we are, and by the way, in the West, in America, we have to be careful that all we're drawn to is just hearing wonderful sweet sounds, tasting wonderful great things. If that's the basis of where you live, that's not enough. The soul of man was to go deeper. So I don't want to take away your candy canes tonight, but I do want to say, if that's the extent of your journey, shame, shame. (laughs) I feel sorry for that. Some of the greatest things, we had uh, numerous families, had the family here this morning, what a wonderful assembly. And you know the bottom line is relationships, and that's the basis of evangelism, family, community. And if if all you're needing is, is a candy cane, then go deeper tonight when angels leave. Life is more than that. Um. The word titillate, titillation, applies to sermons and gospel preaching. For the Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 in the Revised English Bible. For the time will come when people will not, um, uh, will not stand sound teaching, but each will follow his own whim and gather a crowd of teachers to tickle his fancy. I told you the word meant tickle. And it is a part of that idea that we like to hear things that, that shine and glitter and, and things that are just resilient and, and uh, resplendent and, oh, how wonderful. See, I'm not here tonight to make the message acceptable. I'm to make it available. huh? And the gospel is for all. And we put it on the table. Now, what you do with it is up to you and between you and your, uh, your God. Tonight, let us return to the text of which A.J. just read. Uh, who does not like those special occasions when routine is broken and wonderful things are spoken, tasted, or touched? Look with me in chapter 2 and verse 8. Um, now, there were in, uh, in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 8. 
Now that's routine. That's, they were always watching the flock. That's what shepherds do. Very routine. You might say, oh, another, another day at work, mundane. And sometimes we get tired of the mundane and we're ready for some excitement, right? Well, here it comes in verse 9. Three things. Verse 9, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. There's the first thing, and the glory of the Lord shone round them. There's the second thing, and they were greatly afraid. So an angel. Now, if your view of angels is in a shop in Rio Dosa and a little trinket, you might want to expand your thinking to include Angelos of the Bible. The angels of the Bible are terrifying. Look in John in the Apocalypse, the last book in the Bible. Terrifying. They're not little trinkets. And they're masculine beings. In verse 10, three more things. Then the angel said to them, number one, do not be afraid. Because they were afraid. Some live in fear. Health fears. Fear of traveling. Fear is a part of living on planet Earth. Thank God for fear, but if, it's, if it gets out of hand, then it becomes neurosis. They were afraid. And the angel said, I bring you great joy. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Sometimes we think, oh, the gospel, you know, it's okay. It's, it's great joy. And if your joy level, your capacity for joy is not where it needs to be, and, and you're kind of sour and dour, great joy. If it's not great joy, it's not the gospel, Henry. If it's not great joy, it's not the word of God because he has come for joy. And the third thing, it's for all. It's for our little little community on seconds. No, it's for, the, it's for Andrews. It's for the county, county. And it's for the world. Luke's gospel is a world gospel. We come to verse 11. For unto you this day is born the city of David, Bethlehem, house of bread, and he who would be called the bread of life was born in the house of bread, Bethlehem. How'd you do? Bethlehem, O Ephrathah. Micah chapter 5, verse 2. The babe of Bethlehem, verse 12, and this will be the sign. There will be a sign. For you will be, find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. You've heard that before, the babe of Bethlehem. And then finally in verses 13 and 14. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude. You know, whenever there's a group or a crowd, it's exciting. Just, just the fact that God made us gregarious and socializing and always chittering and chattering amongst our, each other. You know, God made us for relationship, to be with each other. And the multitude was there, and suddenly there was a multitude. And praising God, I wonder what that sounded like audibly. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. All men. That is the vertical glory to God in the highest verticality. And then the horizontal, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Huh? And then in verse 15, uh, we want to address the theme of our evening little uh, message here. So it was, 
When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass. When the angels went away. So here's the deal. Family comes and it's wonderful. And I know Marla Marla and I, we visit our friends and we never want to leave. You know, you go on a vacation and you have such a wonderful time. You never want to leave. And then it's okay once you leave, but it's kind of like, you know, I wish we could linger longer. And that's how it is in God's kingdom. In relationship. Wow. The Italians have a word, accidenti, wow. But then it went flat. And then the the excitement was gone. In some sense, the excitement goes inward. And now the outer sensory, the sounds and all the wonder and even the fear, do not be afraid, subsides. And now they go home. And that's the point, that tension between joy and uh, mirth and pain and sadness. I assume that none of you in this attendance tonight, in this assembly, are unaware of the sadness of living life on planet Earth. I think it was Charlie Brown years ago in a little cartoon caption. They said, Charlie, when are you most alone? Loneliness. And he said, in the universe. Kind of like, a, you know, that's part of where we are and who we are and how we're built and how we're designed. We have feelings and emotions. Sometimes we're really on to it and happy and, and gleeful. And sometimes we're glum. Glum. And we're sad. And I heard Prince uh, Charles in England give his Christmas address here this afternoon. And... Uh, He said, you know, this is a very poignant time. He said for him, he misses his mother, the queen. And he speaks for all of us that maybe this is a poignant time for you. And you remember mom and dad and the the various amenities and accoutrements of Christmas time. But they're not here anymore. Now you need to create your own memories and instill and pass it along, traditions and families. But we're not, we're not so naive to think that everything is well, because maybe tonight you feel the feelings that are associated with these uh, points of the human experience. So we come to verse 15, and they decided to take action. See, life for Christians especially is not just thinking and hearing sermons, uh, connoisseurs of sermons. Why, that was wonderful. Why, that wasn't very good. If all we do is taste the Word of God, then we're not internalizing Word of God. Word of God! God told Ezekiel, eat the book. Get it inside of you. So they decided to take action. and <coughs> The Bible says that they went home. In chapter 2 and verse 15a and b, they acknowledged the Lord. His hand was involved. The hand of God was involved. If the hand of God is not involved, it's not from God. God ordained marriage in the beginning. From the beginning, God's hand is in marriage. God's hand is in relationships. 
God's hand. In verse 16, they found Mary, and they found Joseph, and they found the babe of Bethlehem. And they found them, and then in verse 17, they communicated all that had happened to them and the wonders of that revelation and that wonderful epiphany of the angelic hosts and the multitudes praising God and and the message, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. In verse 17, they communicated that. See, God gave us language to share. To speak. Words that are edifying. Words that are faith-inducing. And then in verses seven, in verses 18 and 19, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. The wonder of it all. The wonder. It's written in the prophet Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 in the Hebrew. Yotzpelet. He will be called a wonder. Now, it's sometimes translated, he shall be called wonderful, prince of peace, mighty God, counselor. But the term wonder may be a noun. He will be a wonder. A substantive wonder. To recover wonder tonight is to admit who we are, our capacity for joy and our capacity for sadness, the human experience. And then in verse 20, they returned home and they processed. See, you're going to return home tonight and I don't know what you will do here and after tonight and tomorrow. But they returned home and the Bible says in verse 20, Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. So they returned home and they processed things. And tonight I want to ask, so should we avoid pain by avoiding relationships? And um, the little illustration is a (laughs) band-aid. Maybe we need a band-aid. Or maybe, as per this morning, we need a surgeon, the great physician. huh? And so... On the one hand, it's been so since the first century. It's been so and it's ever so today. You have those who are the Stoics and those who are the Epicureans. Said another way, you have the Dionysian and you have Apollonian. And the difference is one is lusty. The Dionysus is lusty and chaotic and unstructured and hot and exciting. Then on the other hand, you have the Apollo, who's rational and very structured and self-disciplined and cold. You say, what should we be? Because in Acts 17, both of those schools of thought are there. And Paul says, here's the gospel. Should we be Apollonian? Should we be hot or cold? Should we be structured or unstructured? And as I look out over this little uh, audience tonight, some of you are structured, some of you are unstructured, some of you are excited, and some of you uh, wouldn't be excited if, uh, if something stupendous happened here. And so that would be interesting. I want to give you a self-test tonight. 
Number one, does the incarnation, the God becoming flesh, the incarnation, huh? Is, does the incarnation still hold great joy for you? Or has it become kind of blasé? Blah. Yada, yada, yada. More, more sermons, you know. Number two, is your search for religious meaning mostly about being titillated by trinkets? Look at this little trinket. Or does it go deeper? Number three, does Christ prompt you to take action or is it all mental? Kind of like, I'm going to think about that. No action, but I'm going to think about that. Self-test. Number four, does the gospel cause you to continue to process the message at home? Turn it off. See, that's from five to six. Now let's go, let's move on, huh? Five, will your commitment in 2023 resemble your commitment in 2022? I didn't plan to say this, but uh, uh, some of you will say, uh, oh, you're boasting, Bob. Um, uh, take it however you will. We're going to raise our contribution in the new year. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing, but I want to. I really do. And uh, I wish I could give more. But uh, joy is an emotion. And yet we live in a world that's sensory-based. Sermon connoisseurs or internalizing appliers take it beyond the church building. Let me give some recommendations here, and uh, I won't ramble on forever here. Jerry, we're coming to a close. Jerry, it'll be okay, man. Number one, evaluate your own life. Evaluate your own life. No, let's evaluate John back there. Let's evaluate John. No, John will evaluate himself. You evaluate your own life. Number two, do not confuse seasonal glitter with spiritual grounding. Paul prayed to the, for the Colossians, I remember, I believe, chapter 1, that you would be grounded, spiritually grounded. What does that mean? Don't confuse sp- seasonal glitter with spiritual grounding. Number three, acknowledge that seasons of sadness are part of the human experience. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be mad. It's all part of the human experience. Number four, choose the joy of the gospel. Choose the joy of the gospel. Now, happiness isn't bad. But see, happiness is circumstantial. It comes and goes. If good things happen, like, wow, I'm happy. But joy is a constant inner of the inner man, the soul of each one of you. Joy is not subject to circumstances. It's solid. And the gospel is built on joy, not just circumstantial happiness. It won't go away. You may change, but God does not change. Right, Wes? God will not change. Malachi and the psalmist and Moses. And finally... Invest in people, not things. I'm not against things. I love things. But I am reminded again and again to invest in people. That is the basis of evangelism. Not all that glitters is gold. Sadness is a fully human, fully alive thought. Happiness is good, but it doesn't beat joy. Next week is a real special uh, message that I'm going to deliver in the evening. Next week, all real living is meeting. 
I'm going to wind down and the lesson will be yours here. I'd like to close in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2. And while I'm turning there, you might be thinking about um, what life could look like in the new year. We're going there. The Lord's people will always have many experiences along life's way, both positive and negative. Let's be together. Let's be family of God. Let's be people of God. And in Paul would tell the Corinthians in chapter 6 and verse uh, 2, In an acceptable time, I have heard you in the day of salvation. I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you're subject to the gospel tonight, not the human gospel, not the traditions of men, repent ye and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's good news, if that's the gift, per Mike's lesson this morning, the gift is for you. It's free. You cannot earn it. You cannot merit it. It's for you tonight. Live in love. May God bless you tonight and tomorrow as we stand and sing.